Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, that's Diddy NFL on Twitter, and of course follow the group at UK Packers. And it's a very measured approach, um, that's because I haven't been screaming the, the house down beforehand. I had man flu, had man flu as well, I was going to get in last week, but no one wants excuses. But a very special guest uh, in the bu- in the building uh, today, and we haven't spoken in quite a while, but you know it's coming up to draft season when uh, Peter's... You know, getting Daryl with a scruff of the damn neck and hurling him out the window, which rightly so. I mean, he deserves it more often than not. It's PDP, that <laughs> mighty hedgehog on Twitter, Peter Jones. What the hell is going on, man? I'm good, Steve. How are you? Am I right? This is the. You know what? I like talking to you, Peter, but this is the time where you kind of you're like a bear. You know, you go into hibernation. You just you get caught underneath leaves upon leaves of draft guide. If people don't know. Um, welcome to the real world. But Peter does this incredible draft guide every single year. Um, what's the dare I ask, Pete? What's the page count estimate this year? Do you think? Um, it's in the many hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> you see, Peter counts the pages by the hundreds now as the denominator and not the actual thing. But yeah, look, it's three, four, five, six hundred pages. This thing, uh, it's a monster. Um, and again, not to overstep, Pete, but basically, it sort of looks at a big draft, big board um, on the defence and the offence side and runs through the positions. And But the number one thing I always like to remind Pete about your draft guide is is that it's all Packer-centric. So you will look at players and in a little box that was highlighted one year when Jordan Love, God forbid we mentioned the name, was drafted. You had him in a, a bold highlighted box to say, keep him in mind. This is a guy that the Packers might like, might go for. So you've been absolutely on the money. Not to be too sick of Fanta here, right? I'll, I'll pull up my pants after I, I stop saying this now. Uh, you'd be glad to know. Um, is that the, the draft guide is fantastic, Pete. But can you give us a rundown? What have you been at, Pete? What, what's well, the, well, what's well, the process? What I was going to say is we, all, we always remember the ones we got right yeah, and try and forget that there were ever any others that we kind of thought might end up with the Packers but never did or players yeah. we, we rated highly but just didn't work out. But. Do you know what, Pete? I, I picked out Cooper Cup many years ago based off practically nothing. I saw highlights of him in some uh, game where he went up against big competition. That's the only thing I have to hang my hat on. Whereas you, you've been through quarterbacks from one to whatever and you, you go through the whole lot. But look, you're you're looking at a, a blank canvas when you go to do these draft guides um, and we want to remind people as well that this isn't something you sit down a week before to do. How long before the draft guide comes out are you working on the draft guide? So so this year's, this year's draft guide is about May of the year before last. So, so to put like it into say, perspective, that's not this year. That's the year prior. So this is not a year old. Yes. So the, the yes, draft guides overlap, so, is what you're saying. Yeah. So 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 yeah, I've lost track of the years. But so so, <laughs> so the 2023 draft guide started in 2021. Hmm. So yeah, I mean it's and and I, and I think yeah, there's plenty of ways that people approach these things. But I think to be able to try and give it a fair shake and uh, watch as many players as you can, and that's the thing that takes uh, you know a lot of time. Is is you know you, you have to give it time. Yeah. Um, and the more time you give it, I think the more depth you're able to go into, the more players you're able to look at, and I think it gives you a an in, an interesting perspective. But yeah, it's a it's a labour of love, labour uh, more than love probably at this stage. Um, but yeah, look, it's it's fantastic document. It's unbelievable. It's incredible. Um, I get as excited as the punters out there, and it is be very very popular. We've had. Uh, unbelievable interest in the guide from people already. Um, And just to remind people, it goes up as a PDF doc, which is free to download, which is pure scandalous that Peter puts this stuff out for free. Um, But it's a thing to behold. And then to to accompany the draft guide, we'll be doing our usual draft podcast where me, the big dummy, sits down and we run through the different positions, the offense, defense, talk about Packers needs, what players might fit. Um, And then we do that before, because uh, I like getting into the anatomy of it too, but you know about how you build this guide. Because it, yeah. it, it literally is—it's an—it's a novel. Um, you know, people—you literally write a book every single year, which is just incredible to say. Um, and then we do draft guides on before, and then we sort of break down what the picks were and did they make sense after. And again, the whole fanfare around that draft. Um, we always like to keep 
clued in and retweeting there'll be Jesus out of your feeds and stuff um, and we'll have to do a UK Packers Peter Jones takeover and just give you the goddamn uh, credentials and let you go at it because um, just a wealth of knowledge there that you're going to be digging into um, and an af- absolute massive amount of, of legwork um, so that's something to look forward to but before we get to the, the draft guide and all that good stuff um, in, in a while we kind of have to sit down and talk about Aaron Rodgers' departure um, and if I may do a Peter Jonesism. You know, you have your you sort of take a very measured approach to life in general for all the years I've known you. Um, you know, probably the nicest guy I've ever goddamn met. Um, and you always say it's never as good and never as bad as it seems. It's probably shooting somewhere down the middle. So when we look at this Aaron Rodgers situation, um, there's been not an awful lot of hyperbole, Pete, about what his career was, uh, who's you know, is his career that good? Is he a goat? Is he and people are sort of equating if we don't get a first round pick well, then obviously he's not the GOAT. You know, I mean, there's sort of comments like that. And there's so much to ask here, but let me just float this out. When you look at Aaron Rodgers' career and you look at us standing now on the precipice, and again, he is still contracted to the team, of moving past Aaron Rodgers, what are your feelings about sort of his career, what it's become, and how he is departing Green Bay? Um, and is there any takes out there that you agree with or don't agree with around the whole thing? And I know that's a very broad thing, but it's better than saying Aaron Rodgers discuss. But basically, Pete, Aaron Rodgers, can you discuss, please? Where is your head at with this whole saga? I mean, I think the place to start is to say that we've been fortunate as as fans over the last, you know, um, 15, 15 years, I guess, 18 years, if you count the three years that he sat behind Brett Favre. We've been fortunate for that period of time to witness one of the greatest careers in NFL history, right? And I, and I have no bones about about saying that. And, you know, people can argue, well, he's number one or he's number 10 or he's somewhere in between. I, I'm not really that bothered. You know, we all we know is that he's been one of the greatest um, players in, in NFL history, been one of the greatest Packers. And again, you can argue that. You can throw out other names, Hudson, mm. Bart Starr, Brett Favre, whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't matter where somebody falls on that list. We've just been very fortunate um, to witness that. And I, and I think that it's sad, right? It's, it's always sad when you've almost had this stability, you know, in a certain aspect of, of the team for, for this amount of time. It, it, it's sad because, because I think it's human nature to suddenly feel like a, a loss almost, um, a departure. You know, we've always had that, that guy there and when it's been somebody as good as Rogers has been and you know you always felt no matter what other parts of the team were struggling we didn't have wide receivers or we had injuries here or the defense wasn't so good that you could still win any game Mm. that's what you kind of well Rogers can lead you lead you to that victory obviously didn't always happen but just having it there you always felt that you had a chance um so, so like I say, I think we've been very fortunate to to witness that. Now, you know, we come to the end of that Packers career, so, seemingly, and I know that people would like to have seen him retire as a Packer. But I think if we look at many of the great quarterbacks in in history, um, you know, Johnny Unitas was was a Baltimore Colt but finished his career at the Chargers. Joe Namath. The Jets finished his career at the Rams. We can think of Warren Moon at the at the Oilers, but he finished his career going to Minnesota and Kansas City. You can look at lots and lots of Peyton Manning. You know, yeah, we think it's a cult, but actually finished his career as we know, winning the Super Bowl at, at the Broncos. Many and many of great quarterbacks have finished their career at, an, at another team for all kinds of reasons, but but. But but t- typically because eventually a team has to move on. Hmm. You know, if if you don't move on, Bart Starr would still be quarterback in the Packers. <laughs> you know, <laughs> eventually yeah. you have to move on, and 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 you also have to realise. And this isn't like I say, I, I it's not a slight on on anybody because I think we've witnessed one of the great careers. Is that twenty twenty three Aaron Rodgers isn't twenty eleven Aaron Rodgers. Hmm when he probably was at his absolute peak in that 15 and one team. And there's nothing wrong with admitting that, you know, that doesn't mean he's still not a very good player, but let's not talk about 
the 2023 version as though it's the 2011 version, because it isn't. Um, and that leads into things like, you know, what the draft pick compensation should be, assuming the, tr the, trade, the trade goes through. Um, you know, and as Ken Ingalls, you know, the salary cap guy who, who's fantastic on, on Twitter pointed out recently, he says, you don't, when a team trades for a player, they're not just trading for the player, they're trading for his contract as well. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that we have to remember in terms of the draft pick compensation for, for Rogers. That's a huge contract that he signed pretty much at this point last year. And it has a lot of legacy cost down the road for it. So it's not just about what this year's cap number is or what next year's cap number is. It's, you know, what the cap hit, here's the point that he retires and it's huge. And so if you're sitting there as the Jets, you know, to take on that contract, you would expect to pay less in draft picks than you otherwise would normally expect or have to, or have to do. Um, you know, and, and I, you know, I've, I've seen like we all have conversations about, well, should it be a first round pick? Should it be two first round picks? It surely can't be less than a first round pick. My gut feel on it, uh, and, I, and I've you know, put this on social media a few times, is that it's probably something like a second round pick and two future third round conditional picks. Mm. That's, that's my gut feel. And I think if the Packers got that, that would be about par for the course. If they get more, if they get a first round pick or even more than that, then I think they've done extremely well out of it. And if they get slightly less than that, then they've probably not done quite as well as perhaps they could have done out of it. But I think that's the kind of region that we're talking in, in terms of draft picks. Um, now, the situation would have been different a year ago. Yeah. One, because he hadn't signed that huge contract. And two, because there was a team, you know, like the Denver Broncos, that were prepared to pay a lot more in terms of draft picks, which they did with Russell Wilson, than there is this year. You know, it's not like there are six or seven teams beating the door down, as far as we know, to, to get Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And so that that in itself, you know, drives that draft pick compensation down. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of in a, in a few minutes where I kind of, um, you know, feel about it. I think in terms of his legacy, I think... I think it's difficult when you're right in the middle of it because at the end of a career or, or, or when something, when you get to this point and you know that a player's moving on, there's usually something that's may not have necessarily been the total reason or something that's totally caused it. But, you know, there's a number of things that were, that, that have happened and, you know, people have their opinion on immunization and, and 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 all you know Roger's view on that, and he upset people about this and going into dark rooms and whatever it may be, and I think right now we're probably too close to that, yeah, and it's easy it's easy to get really upset about that stuff if 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 that's your kind of um point of view and 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 perhaps understandably so, but I think when you talk about somebody's legacy. something typically happens at the end of a player's career or towards the end of a that forces them to move on. Um, you know, it happened with with Peyton Manning. It happened, you know, with with a number of those quarterbacks that we that I mentioned earlier. So, I I think that, you know, I, and we only have to look back to the Brett Favre situation and him going to the Jets and then going to the Vikings and how upset people were and, you know, um, but it wasn't long after that 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 you know that Lambeau Field was full mm. when they retired when they retired his number. I got beaten uh, by the Bears, uh, but yeah. Um, but you know, so I, I, I think that his legacy is is secure. It's been secure for a for a for a for a long time, and I think that whatever people's feelings are now, you know, and there's people that sit across the whole spectrum of the of the of the feelings. I think that he will be forever thought of as one of the great Green Bay Packers. He will obviously be welcomed back when his number is retired, which it will be in a few years' time, when he goes into the Hall of Fame and all and all and all of that. And I think that's the way to to look at it. Yes, there are issues that perhaps some of us don't like, but I think put those to one side and just look at the broad spectrum of a of a you know eighteen year fantastic career. Yeah. And do you know what? It's perspective too. I remember when Clay Matthews had sort of gone off the boil and it, it arguably been off the boil for a while. But again, it's not so simple. They had him at outside, then they moved him to inside and that impacted his stats. And 
you know, and he had he saw a resurgence all of a sudden and then he dropped off and then there was him tackling quarterbacks and getting penalties for them and that became laughable. And as you said, it became that kind of end of career muddle where people thought he it was time to go. Other people thought he's such a legend and they remember the Super Bowl and all that kind of stuff. And they kind of go, it's Clay Matthews though. I mean, you know, the guy's a legend. He was getting voted to the Pro Bowl based off his follicles and his name. You know, when he was a great player, when his career, naturally enough, especially at that position, had started to take a, a downturn, which it does. But let me do a, a thought experiment if I can, uh, Pete. And again, like I've views on this legacy and what was said on the Pat McAfee show. And I dare say that name Pat McAfee, and he'll somehow block me in real life too, um, is that let's look at this, right? So he's back-to-back MVP. Um, he breaks his thumb and has rib issues, which could be to do with his dipping play. It also could be to do with Devontae Adams leaving. It could be to do with Nathaniel Hackett. My suspicion is it's all of those things coming together. But when you look at the on-field performance, you look, you can look at an overthrow, can't you, Pete, and say oh, you put too much heat on it. But then you're thinking, well, was the receiver not in the right place? You know, so there's loads of things to look at, especially when you're dealing with rookie receivers. But let's remove... So let's let's sort of take a look at that injury and go, okay, well, that sort of accounts for an awful lot. We see the emergence of uh, Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs and stuff like that. So maybe he has a nice core to go into the next year. Let's also imagine that Jordan Love is not on the roster and the only sort of choice that we see for now is Aaron Rodgers coming back healthy and playing strong again. Do you think we look at his career and his end to his career in Green Bay differently? Now, I know this has taken a real vacuum look at it because um, certainly the way I feel about it is that Gutekunst and Rodgers didn't jibe from for a very long time in the sense that Rodgers had banged McCarthy under the bus. He'd started to uh, become injured and that maybe was a liability. His play had dipped uh, at the time where they brought LaFleur in and then it saw a resurgence. And I don't know if Gutekunst looks at that dip as that's Rodgers buying back out again of the system because had he... Now, again, I'm not saying this is true, but had he bought into what LaFleur wanted to do, and maybe he carried LaFleur, that's also an option, um, is that it's just he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing now. He's not coming in for the voluntary stuff. So, they, you know, they kind of have to move on because he leaves them with no choice and, you know, there's this back and forth with them. But let's leave all of that kind of history aside because I do think Brian Gutekunst is more willing to, you know, carry the burden, as he said, that, you know, with good quarterbacks comes complications and you have to put up with the genius, basically, of of a quarterback this good. He comes with baggage, unfortunately, and it's always worth it, in his words. Pete, do you think if Jordan Love wasn't there, um, and again, this is a massive assumption, too, by saying that the Packers believe Jordan Love is even ready to step in for Aaron Rodgers, not to replace him, but to step in and do somewhat of a job that we're not a laughing stock of the NFL, if he isn't there, do you think that Rodgers, we look at Rodgers' career differently? We don't look at him as this 39-slash-40-year-old quarterback whose time has come now and he needs to move on. Do you think Gutekunst tries to give him more money, you know, add on extra years to his contract to try get that Brady deal of let's keep him playing into his 40s still we can figure out what the hell we're going to do with this thing? Is that impacted? Yeah, I think I think so. I mean, I, I think that, you know, I think there's two factors with the reason to move on. Um, I think there's two main factors. I think one is that the Jordan Love is there, and and two is that is 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 the contract. Um, and I think if if the contract could, so, so if we make the assumption that Jordan Love wasn't there, if the contract could have been restructured in some shape or form that spreads it out over more years, or takes a pay cut, or what, whatever it might be, something that worked a little bit more in the Packers' favour, I think, hmm. then yeah, I think the conversations would be different. Um, but 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 I I also believe that um, once they'd made the commitment in drafting Jordan Love in in in, in 2020, um, that the view was always going to be that he would sit behind Rogers for two to two to three years, um, but that he would be the Packers' starting quarterback. Else you wouldn't draft the guy in the first round to 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 do that. You just wouldn't do it. Right. So. I think there was no doubt in their mind at that point that they expected either come the 2022 season or the 2023 season that, that Jordan Love would be the starting quarterback of, of the Green Bay Packers. Now, we had the pandemic. And if we remember back to 2020, there was no preseason. There was no training camp. Everything was done via Zoom. Mm. So, 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 
you know, Jordan Love's progression, his development in the early days was pretty much put back a season. Yeah. Um, and we and we need to remember that. So when we talk about well, he sat behind him for three years, it isn't really um, two two and a half years is is is, is more is more accurate. Um, but yes, I do think the conversation would be different. Um, and I also think we we should understand right now that I don't think anybody's saying, at least I don't think they are, that Jordan Love is a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers is right now. Yeah, I don't think anybody's saying that. I mean. We don't know, but I don't think I don't think that's the thing that's playing into the decision. I don't think somebody's saying they've crossed and Roger and Love is now a better quarterback. I think I, I think the decision isn't for 2023. The decision is for 2024 and 2025 and 2026 and beyond. Mm. Because you turn it around the other way and Jordan Love is there and Aaron Rodgers is is still there, then the chances are you lose Jordan Love. And then you have to start this all over again, you know, whether that's drafting a quarterback again this year or, or, or next year. Um, but you can't expect a guy to sit on a bench for four years of his career. Um, not only for the for that individual, but it also sends a bad message to other people that you'd like to get into Green Bay yeah. to be to, to be to be really to be really honest. So, um, yes, I think the conversation would be probably different if Jordan Love wasn't there. Um, but I think it's, I just think it's the right time, um, to be making this move given the circumstances that they have. And again, I am not in any way suggesting that even in 2023, that Jordan Love is going to be a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, because it is very complex, as you say. I mean, it, there's an awful lot of grey area there. And I know my hypotheticals are super hypothetical because of all the stuff that's went on with the Packers in the past as well. And Rogers even said himself by his own admission on the McAfee show that, you know, had he not stacked back-to-back MVP seasons that the Packers would have moved on. But I always got the vibe from the way Gutekunst operated was is that we never expected him to try run it back because we thought that some of the stuff he had was kind of insufficient. You know, he needed to plug some holes, but they seemed to truly believe that they did. And it was no, like Gutekunst came out and said it himself, yeah, we're trying to run this thing back again. And it just felt like, he always felt like he was on the precipice of running it back again, which is why up to the point of that McAfee interview and almost a tiny, maybe 5% of me as well, Pete, thinks that even now, is that if the Packers choose, they might have a, I, I doubt it with what Murphy said, but they could even have a turnabout about, like, let's just bring Rodgers back and let's just try it again. I mean, if they're going to so, have him on it, you know. So, 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 you, so you raise an interesting point. And if you go back and watch that McAfee thing and you listen to Rodgers' exact words, um, he said, it was my intention to play for the New York Jets. Um, you know, and this this is kind of back to the impression that we had that he'd been, you know, vaccinated against COVID when he was immunized and, and, and all of those kind of play on words. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, it, there's still 5% of me as well, Steve, that, 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 that in the nagging back of my mind, particularly, mm. you know, we know that the trade discussions presumably are going on. We don't know what the holdup is. I've kind of got a, some views about that, but we don't know exactly what the what the holdup is. There's mm. differing views on who has most lev- you know leverage in those in those um, yeah. discussions. But, but what happens if they get to draft day? What happens if they get to June? What happens if they get to July and it's still not been done? Because at some point both teams have to move on. Yeah, you know the, the Jets have got to decide who their starting quarterback is going to be if Rodgers isn't there. Mm. Do they sign another guy? Do they go with Zach Wilson? Whatever they have to decide that. And you know and Conversely, or alongside that, then the Packers then have to decide what they're going to do if that trade doesn't happen. Because he's still, as you said earlier, he's still under contract to the Packers through 2026. Because this is the thing, I you know, there's there's certain talking points out there. And I'm actually surprised that there's industry insiders that peddle them a bit. And one of them is, is that, oh, with the leverage thing. And I, I love that, like, who has more leverage? And they're almost trying to break it down into an exact science. <laughs> it ain't. Um, and also that we're not privy to what's going on behind the scenes. So, like, it's all just guesswork, although we're entitled to it. Um, but one of them is, is that with the Jets, they say, oh, well, the Jets don't have any leverage because they've told their fans now. So they need to go after and get them because otherwise the fans will be annoyed. And I'm kind of thinking, the Jets couldn't give two hoots about what the fans think. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. And I've yep. said that about the Packers as well, but they don't make their business decisions based on what Joe Soap fan thinks. 
you know, they're they're going to try to do what's best for the organization. And I truly believe that they obviously the teams are doing no one. That's why you don't see teams tanking for Tua and all that lark. Yep. But at least they say they don't. It's because they're they're not out to placate the fan base, and now they have to do because they promised them that's what they do. That's nonsense, isn't it? Yeah, no, I, th- I, I, I absolutely, you know, but that would be like trying to imply that that Gooty was listening to us talk yeah. now, and he's going to do what we think is the what we think is the right thing to do. You know, well, people's people's jobs and livelihoods hmm. and locations of where they live and where their family live all depend on on making the right decision and, and, and no Joe fan is going to, you know, going to influence that decision. Yeah. And I mean, if you, if you want to, let's go down the hypothetical road again, if I may, but can you imagine if, cause we've seen it happen. Look, we've seen this situation play out. First off, I don't think Rogers personally wants to leave Green Bay. Um, and it was just curious the way he tried to control the narrative, but I think it's an awful lot of an ego thing is that he was on McAfee and he said, yeah, I went into the dark room and the Packers said to me, you know, come back with open arms, we really want you back. Um, and he went in and he was 90% going to retire. But when he came out and saw that the mood had changed, I want to play again, right? So that's confusing. Um, and then the, when asked point blank by AJ Hawk, you know, if the, if he didn't sense that move, would you have went back and played for the Packers? And he said, no. So it's kind of, it reminds me of that thing of, you know, you want what you can't have. So like we've yeah. seen this happen before too with, they draft a successor, they have a successor on the roster, a la, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo. And then Brady allegedly throws his toys out of the pram. And then Kraft sticks with Brady and Belichick doesn't get his guy, allegedly again, um, despite the book that came out. And they, they shift Garoppolo on. Now, it's since been washed out what type of player Garoppolo is and what type of ceiling he has. However, you know, can you imagine a case... Uh, Pete, where they say, look, Rogers is going to come back. The The contract is, is basically just going to obliterate our roster. But from the looks of the undrafted or the, you know, unrestricted free agents that have gone elsewhere, it looks like that it's caused a little bit of a detonation and a reset anyway. Um, and they say, well, let's bring him back. Um, let's let Love go somewhere else. Let's try to get the draft capital for it. And then Love goes on and has a stellar career elsewhere. You know, it's like that's it reminds me of that story, Pete, of the boy who's going down the road and they have two versions of it and he's it's very long and I probably shouldn't have went down this route, but I'm doing it anyway, is where they have chickens on the road. His mother says if you hit the chickens you're in trouble. And so he's coming down the road on a bike and he avoids them, falls off the bike and dies. And then the mother goes, Oh, he should have just hit the chickens, I wouldn't have been that upset. Then you flip the other side of the story. He doesn't swerve and he does run over the chickens and then the mother disowns him and says, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I told you not to do it. You're <laughs> after doing it now. See you later. So like you say the outcome's going to be one way and you're going to react a certain way. When it, If it actually panned out that way, you're going to react exactly how you thought you would. So with the likes of the Jordan Love situation, it seems like it's Pete that we're kind of damned if we do and damned if we don't. Because as you said, I think there's a misconception out there and, and Jason Wilde kind of sent me some spicy tweets uh, during the week when I put out you know, for all of the people saying, you know, be careful what you wish for, you know, as if somehow the people who are wishing to move on are believing that it's time to move on. And there are factions, Pete, of the fan base who want to move on because they don't like his stance and his drama and his yep. all of that kind of stuff, you know, and that's there. And again, I'm not here to tell anybody that they shouldn't feel that way or that shouldn't factor into it. Although my thing is, is that sometimes you can get fed up of someone or something because it's arduous and it's kind of a bit of a pain in the arse when really it's the, the outcome is worth sticking with it for. Um, you know, like learning golf, for instance, for God's sake. Sometimes it's a pain in the left, whatever, when you're trying to do it. But if you stick with it, and it's the same with the Rogers thing, maybe you just, ha- maybe that's what's part and parcel of it. It just comes along with it. Um, but, you know, just because people want to move on for whatever reason doesn't mean that the finger can be pointed at these people. And I'm not classing myself as one of these people, I'm just saying in general. Is that, you know, these lads were like, oh, you know, no one ever thinks of this, but careful what you wish for, you know. And then when it goes wrong, which it inevitably will dip, because if you look at Aaron Rodgers' first season and you've been sort of vocal about that, you know, measure, temper your expectations. Is that if it goes wrong, Pete, they can't go, see, told you. As if somehow people saying it's time to move on means that they were holding their finger over the trade button that got him out of Green Bay, it's coming to an end. And it likely is at conclusion, you know, barring any miracle sort of thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, that coming to an end is going to happen at some point. If it doesn't happen this year, which yeah. it looks like it probably will, is going to happen, mm. you know. Um, and so this transition from one of the greatest quarterbacks that's ever played to the next guy is going to happen. You know, and, and we all have to face that 
face that fact. And we've seen it before. Like you said, we, we saw it when Favre went to Rogers. And there are very few people that can honestly hold, in my view, that can honestly hold their hands up and say, I knew in 2005 when Rogers was drafted that he was going to be one of the greatest quarterbacks that ever played. Mm. Right. Everybody had hopes. But 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 nobody could honestly, very few people can honestly hold their hands up and say, yeah, I knew that this was what was going to happen. Um, and 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 it is a you know a large touch of of of, de, of deja vu, you know. And let's not kid ourselves, you know, when when Rogers became the starter in two thousand and eight, as you alluded to, the Packers went six and ten that year. Um, and not only did they go six and ten that year, that was taking over from a team that went to the NFC Championship game the year before and gone thirteen and three. So it wasn't taking over a bad team. This was taking over a good team. It won seven games less the following year. Um, but but also, you know, in that in that 2008 draft, the Packers drafted a quarterback in the second round. Um, and, you know, th- th- there were lots of thoughts that, that Rodgers may not beat the guy. Yeah. So we don't know what's going to happen with with Jordan Love. And if it's not, if it's not Jordan Love, if it, if that doesn't work out in a, in a couple of years from now, it will be the next guy. Um, but it is important, I think, and Packers history has kind of shown this, to to at least have that plan in place. There's no guarantees, but if you go if you go way back, you know, to the to the twenties and thirties, the Packers went from Red Dunn to Arnie Herber to Cecil Isbell. They had there was a there was a plan. Lambeau got those guys in when the other one was still there. Mm. Um, but at the end of the 60s into the early 70s, the Packers didn't have that plan. You know, the, 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 the Bart, Bart played through a bad elbow and whatever into the early 70s. And by that time, the guy that they drafted in the first round, Don Horn, they drafted in 67 or 68 in the first round to be Bart's replacement. They traded him on. So they've made the reverse decision to what's happened today. Yeah. And we know what happened. Going back to the 2000s, when the Packers did have that plan, we know what happened. We went from one Hall of Fame quarterback to another. So I think having that plan in place is absolutely the right thing. Nobody knows whether Jordan Love's going to be a great player, a very good player, an average player. Nobody knows. But he does have a lot of talent. He does have an arm. He does have legs. His mechanics are a lot better than they were three years ago. He's got a shot. And, you know, when you've got that guy who normally you probably wouldn't have got in, you know, in the first round of a draft, when he was there, you jump on it, you take it and, and, and you move and you move on with it. And um, the other thing we also have to remember, you know, we kind of get a little bit carried away at times with the, Patrick Mahomes of this world, who's, you know, obviously the number one quarterback now and will be a Hall of Famer, great player, can do super things with the football, Joe Burrow, those kind of guys. But you don't necessarily have to have a Hall of Fame player to win to win Super Bowls. Um, And, you know, you might have might very good player quarterback as opposed to great player quarterback might be enough. Yep. Providing you providing you do other things in 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 the team, so we shall see how that pans out. Do you, do you know who embodies that, Pete? And you could say this: it's like a Kanye West song, but it's like uh, you know you could have an amazing quarterback like Peyton Manning for the Colts, or a really subpar one like Peyton Manning for the Broncos. So I mean, you can have one person who embodies both of those types. Uh, and, but, and what a great uh, yeah, what a great example! What a great example because you got the the Broncos Peyton Manning who who got bench for Brock Osweiler. And all, and, all, and, all, and all of that stuff and still won the Super Bowl. Yeah. It does help that he's pointing out defences as he goes. He just can't well, defeat them himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, look, uh, I mean, a fair point. But let me, this is not a question, Pete, and I, I will get to a question after, but uh, I'm just going to float this out here, right? So Aaron Rodgers takes over from Brett Favre. Right, he's got Michael Finley, Donald Driver, Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson comes along, Randall Cobb comes along. And now we have, we're moving on from Rodgers and we've, Tyler Davis, a tight end, apparently. Um, Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, someone tested guys. There'll be Aaron Jones there, but, you know, Rodgers had no slouches at running back. So when we look at the opportunities, arguably, that both players have been given, 
when they come into the team. If Rodgers could get the record he got of 6-10 and 10 with those players, I just it makes me think that whatever Jordan Love does is, I just know you can read off the fan base online, it's not going to be good enough because they want him to replicate the Hall of Fame play. Um, that's going to be measured against what Rodgers does with the Jets as well. And if he has a good career, which you would imagine because he's a fantastic player, but if he has a good year, well, then it's going to be one directly compared with the other. And that's problematic as well, Pete. So it's going to be a minefield, isn't it, when this actually does materialise? No, it, re- it really is. And you never want to be the guy that follows the guy. And, yeah. you, and you certainly don't want to be the guy that follows the guy that followed the guy. You know, so... <laughs> so, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, you know, it... it, it it absolutely is, and yeah, and, and that's what goes through my head over the last few days. Is, is, you know, if if the Packers have a, you know, a worse record than they had this year, well, you know, how bad does it have to be that people say, well, there you go, I told you so, it's Jordan Love. Yeah. And if they have, you know, a better record than they than they had this year, does Jordan Love get the credit for that, or do they say, well, yeah, you know. That those players that you just mentioned, the Christian Watsons of this world, well, they were getting better anyway. So he's got better, he's got better targets than Rogers had in his last year with the Packers. There's mm. a little bit of a hiding to nothing feeling about, <laughs> about, yeah. about that. But, I, you know, I, I, I think that once at the point that you move on, you move, you have to move on, you know, and 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 it's very difficult, isn't it? Or you, or you shouldn't really compare one year's team to another year's team. Yeah, too much changes not only in your own team but in everybody else's team as 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 well. You know, look at what the Bears are doing in free agency and what they're likely to do in 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 the draft already. And that's a team that's already on yes, and it's on paper, and we're, and we're only in March. But that's a team that's already a lot better than it was last year. Yeah, what like what the Lions are doing? It looks like that's a team that's probably going to be better than it was last year so so even if the Packers stood still there's a chance that you could be overtaken by some of those teams yeah do you know what that's a really good point because I think we all get sort of caught up in the, the, the thing that ruined the NFL probably forever um you know until we all die off is Tom Brady and Bill Belichick because you look at that and you believe that that's possible right yeah. and it obviously is because it happened but to to not acknowledge that that's the exception and not the rule yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like you say, if you look at Patrick Mahomes and you look at Joe Burrow, that they're the exception and not the standard. We've seen, for instance, uh, they, everyone thought there was a massive resurgence with Ryan Tannehill. He was putting the ball on the money and then all of a sudden he falls off and he, they, they're going to replace him. Sometimes it just depends on circumstance. And I think when you look at, and then Tom Brady further ruined it by going from uh, New England to Tampa Bay and then winning the Super Bowl in his first year and th- and unfortunately for Rodgers that's the stick that he's going to be measured against as well they're going to go well Green Bay held you back you go to a team that are going to accommodate you and then if he doesn't do it it's like ah you're not as good when really what Brady did is quite unbelievable really um, and you can't really measure it against it but look um, when it comes to even results like you know when you look at if you can stay consistent like the Packers did with 13 and 3 13 and 4 whatever um, that's more that should be seen as higher up there but the one concern that I have Pete really is that the Packers it's hard to know and it's hard to pinpoint the dip in performance was it Rodgers caring less was it the like insurmountable injury that he has to his throwing hand which has to be a factor losing a Hall of Famer and Devontae Adams um, losing Nathaniel Hackett as you said there's too many variables to try pin down exactly um, sort of what went wrong there um, but the things that concerns me is is that no matter what the reason is is that there needs to be an adjustment to try um, you know go against that and I feel that you know the the running backs were there. AJ Dillon, as you sort of pointed out before, he was seen as not a big hands guy, um, and also you know Jones was catching phenomenal passes. They didn't use that safety valve. Uh, Robert Tonyan wasn't targeted like near enough. The center of the field wasn't utilized. Whatever it is, whatever the fault was, it seemed like the coaching staff, Pete, couldn't work together with their first ballot Hall of Famer quarterback. Yeah to get it done and my concern is is that Love might be a stonking good quarterback Christian Watson might be a talent for the ages but if this coaching staff cannot recover 
from the loss of Aaron Rodgers, which is going to be difficult to do anyway. Let's hold our hands up and say, because like you said, like I always say to people, if you go from Aaron Rodgers to anybody, it's a step down, you know, not unless it's Patrick Mahomes, but then you don't know the system, blah, blah, blah. But all I'm saying here is, is my concern lies is that they the Packers painfully could have a fantastic quarterback. They could painfully have a team that could bring them to a championship. But if they don't have a coaching staff that can, um, you know, come out from behind Aaron Rodgers' shadow, if that's what did happen, and it surely happened to a to large degree, no matter how much we don't like to, some people don't like to admit it or whatever, is that I wonder, Pete, is that the sticking point? You can have the pieces. Sure, look at Vince Lombardi came in, didn't he? Jack Finisi built that team. Vince Lombardi comes yep. in. The team had their worst record. Scooter McLean, he comes in and makes champions of the whole lot. And there's that age-old question, Pete, is that is the roster there not being used? And I just don't know how the Packers... No, and I, no, and I, and I think that's a really great question. And I think we have to be really honest and, and say that, you know, Matt LaFleur has a fantastic, you know, winning percentage through through four seasons. Hmm. Sure, they haven't won the big game when they when they had to win it, you know, the NFC Championship games. But, but putting that to one side, regular season record is, is, is fantastic. Yeah. Um, but now they're really going to be tested. You know, um, I, I won't say it's it's it was easy for them to continue what they're doing, but it was a lot easier to continue what they were doing when you had, like you say, a, a to be hall of fame quarterback, one of the greatest that's ever played than it's going to be now. Um, and I think now we're going to see, and, you ha- and we have to give this a couple of years. You know, so, so, so nobody can get to the first game in September. And if the Packers are, uh, you know, are really struggling, say, there you go. I told you so. We're, this has to be given, given time. Lafleur and those guys have bought themselves time, yeah. you know, uh, with, with what the, with what they've done. Um, but you know, the next couple of seasons are going to be, yes, a real test of 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 Jordan Love, but yeah, absolutely a real test of the coaching staff, a real test of of Goody, because you know they've had a position that they haven't had to worry about. And going back to where we started this whole conversation is. When Rodgers was your quarterback, you always felt that you had a chance, no matter how bad or good the rest of the team was. You know, you felt that you could win games. Um, and they're not going to be in that situation. So, yeah, everybody's kind of under the gun now with a big question mark. Yeah, because, I mean, the one thing that they're saying about Love and Rodgers' departure is, and I and I agree with a lot of it, particularly in the McCarthy era, uh, was that now you have a quarterback who's going to play the system. Uh, you've got a guy who's going to do as he's told, but that's the worry for me, is that the system has been hyped up. Because again, Pete, like, I mean, I've really enjoyed what I've saw. Rodgers enjoyed what he was seeing with the rip the top off a of defense. But if you're a quarterback who can't do it, who can't read defenses and can't make it happen, well, then your system's not worth a damn, really. And what we're talking about is dink and dunk. So that kind of concerns me. But look, if we can park it there, there's, there's one thing that I want to get your perspective of, I guess, before we round out the podcast, Pete. And, you know, you've been an expert in all things Packers going back a very long time. Uh, you've been friends with uh, players and ex-players and uh, people around the organization so you've been there and you know you have the the stripes so when it comes to changing a quarterback Pete you've seen the move from you know the likes of Lindicki and Mikowski and you know before Favre to Rodgers and you know to literally see a resurgence of the franchise and then to worry about oh god is this like the toilet bowl man is this gone down the toilet now um, how does this transition compare to the ones that you've seen in the past? And what perspective can you give us on when a franchise like your beloved Packers moves to a different quarterback and people are a little bit anxious? How do you get that right in your head? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing to say is that, is that when you've had a successful quarterback, um, and you're right, you know, going back to Lynn Dickey, um, the 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 what felt like the overwhelming feeling amongst fans, and, and yes, you only get to hear the most vocal typically, but was that everything's going to go wrong now. We didn't, you know, the Packers in 80, after the 85 season, when they, when they cut Lynn Dickey, nobody was happy about that. Mm. Nobody was happy when Ron Wolf gave up a number one pick for Brett Favre because Don Mikowski was the guy. Yeah. All right. Nobody was happy when Rogers took over from from Favre so so I think I think it's and it's natural I think for for I think the unknown when you've been when you've got something that's been successful or very successful 
the the unknown of well, we could almost only go down from here. Um, it's not quite the case, you know. We haven't won as many Super Bowls as as we'd like, but you but you kind of get the the the, the point. Um, I think it's it's natural and human nature for everybody to be lots of people to be con- concerned about it. You know, the, the Packers have made this transition a, no- a number of times. And as I said earlier, I think that sometimes it's been it's been done well, sometimes not so well. The times that it's been done successfully is when they've had a plan for the next guy. Mm. Um, and so I think we should be happy and grateful, if, that, if that's the right word, that there's a plan for the for the for the next guy and i think it's very exciting i think it's a very exciting time and the worst that can happen from a packers fan perspective is that you have two bad years and and you potentially move on to the to the next guy um but but i but i think this is this is a i think it's a very exciting time and i think that assuming the trade happens assuming the packers work the cap stuff out when we come to 2024 and I know that means that 2023 might be difficult. When we come to 2024, they're going to be in great cap shape. Jordan Love will have had one year of experience, whether that's been good, bad or indifferent, but they've had one year of starting experience. And, and 2024 feels really exciting to me. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it's always difficult, you know, and, and even not at the quarterback position. You know, I, you know, we all remember the days of, you know, when Sterling Sharp was, you know, in the top two wide receivers in the league, you know, up there with Jerry Rice, when he had his neck injury and, and retired, it was like, oh, my goodness, we've just lost our best player. Mm. And we haven't had a receiver liking for, for years. And where's the next guy coming from? And guys step up, you know, Robert Brooks stepped up, Antonio Freeman stepped up. And two years later, the Packers won the Super Bowl. Mm. And guys guys come along and i think it i think probably the major difference now is free agency the salary cap it means that even if you have a bad year even if things don't work out you can turn it around a lot quicker than you could back in the 80s when you know everybody talks about the packers in the 70s and 80s but you didn't have that free agency thing you didn't have the salary cap it's that they didn't have all the opportunities to turn that thing around whereas now a team can turn things around very quickly. Look at the Detroit Lions from where they were two years ago. Mm. You know, look at the Cincinnati. Look at, you know, lots of those teams. Philadelphia, you know, they have they went from a Super Bowl to down to back up again. Um, you could almost pick 25 of the 32 teams that have gone from being down to back up and down to back up. And that's because of the, the free agency era. And I, and I, and I think that that also is a reason for optimism as Packers fans, even if 2023 doesn't work out as we'd like. And I'm still quietly optimistic about 2023, by the way. But even if it doesn't work out quite as we'd like, you know that the thing can be turned around quickly. Very good. Very well made and well said, Pete. I think that's the thing that people miss and me included is that when you look at it, sometimes it's all very doom and gloom and we miss the fact that it's a game and that it can be exciting. And this is and I think, look, it's an awful lot easier if you're in a job and you, you're forced to take redundancy and you have to move on. I think the human brain's able to comprehend that a little bit better and say, well, look, it naturally came to an end. There's nothing else we could do. We moved on and we made the most of it. Whereas if you choose to make that decision and you move to a job that's worse, you know, you kind of hold yourself to blame for that and say, you know, and it also depends on the perspective that you look through it. It's interesting to see the older fans who look at it from, you know, we were really bad in the 70s, 80s. And some earlier fans who were looking at the 60s, amazing, 70s, 80s, bad, 90s, great, all the way up to now. And they have that lens to look through. Some of them see that as, oh, God, I can't believe we're going back to where we were potentially. Whereas others look at it and go, you know, this could be another moving on period. And, you know, it's we never know how great we had it. And they look yeah. back with fondness. Um, and again, just from this side of the pond, I think people are scarred too by the, the greats in sports history like Alex Ferguson, where... He was in Man United for so long. They won so much. And the minute he left, it felt like they, they dropped off without examining how the squad that he left behind might have been the reason why he left. You know, in the sense that this was the most he could get out of these players and then it, it sort of dropped off. So to look through all these lenses of great teams that have fell and came back, and it's a good point that you raised about the Bengals as well, because I think during their Super Bowl run, uh, their coach remarked, they asked him about some sort of player and 
he said, oh, well, I'd hate to be bad enough to be in the running f- to get that player. Ignoring the fact, Pete, that he'd signed Burrow and, uh, you know, Chase and all of these fantastic yeah. players because they were so bad for all those years. Yeah. And that's why he was sitting in that chair. So a very good point that, look, if you're down for a while, it means that you can retool and hopefully hit on the on the magic sauce. It doesn't help, though, Pete, does it, that we've looked at the Detroit Lions for so long with paper bags <laughs> over their heads. And we've sort of said, you know, they just couldn't get it together. But you would expect that the way the Packers run business would be better. But maybe that's just speaking with my Packers fan hat on. I don't know. No, I, I, I think the Packers are going to be just fine. You know, I, I, it might be a very difficult 2023 season. Like I say, I'm quietly optimistic, but it might be a very difficult season. Hmm. But 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 I think that I think it's a well-run organisation. Yes, people have gripes about this and gripes about that. And but you know, I think it's a well-run organisation. It's an organisation that's used to winning. And 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 like I say, in this era, things can be turned around very quickly if they if they were to get back. So I think it's I think I think it's all good. And I think that you know, um, I think all of us fans can look forward. Like I say, assuming assuming the Rogers trade happens, look forward to potentially seeing the next great Packers quarterback. Hope yep. it's Jordan Love. If it's not, it'll be somebody else. If it is, I just think the rest of the NFC will just implode. I think if we have to punish <laughs> them anymore. Uh, but look, Pete, it's great to get your insight. It's brilliant to have you on. Um, and of course, the good news for the listeners out there is, is that, Pete, you're going to be on a whole lot more when the run-up to this draft is coming out. So again, you can get Pete's bumper draft guide on the website, ukpackers.co.uk. Uh, he releases it for free. As he said, it's a labour of love. There's about two to seven. Look, the thing is, Pete, it's actually the work that you've put in from the 70s. Uh, it's all coming back in. It's it's since, you know, you were in the cradle, Pete, it's all coming in. I mean, your, your knowledge that you've built up over the years uh, goes into this. So it is great. So we're going to have... The run-up to the draft, we're going to do it by the usual, the offensive pod, the defensive pod, the special teams, which you can't really get a whole pod out of. Um, and then we'd also be you know, getting the coverage around the draft when it happens and then breaking it all down for people. Um, and it's always brilliant to see who we drafted and then to pick up your draft guide again, Pete, and leaf through it to see who is the player, what were their strengths, and did they fit the Packers, uh, which is absolutely brilliant. But again, you can catch Pete on Twitter at IT Hedgehog. Again, he's in all the Facebook groups um, as well on UK Packers. And I've been at Steve NFL. But until next week and all things at UK Packers, we'll talk to you then. Go Pack Go.